podcast listeners. If you hear my voice right now, I need you to do something for me. I want you to take out your phone or on your computer, go to Apple Podcasts, search for Ask Your Old Head Podcast. You'll see my, my logo, my little picture, my little image there. Find the show. Please rate and write a review. It's a small thing, but it helps others find this work and find what I'm doing here. And it really, really matters, uh, as small as that may seem. So if you could please do that uh, before we get into the show, I much appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Let's get into it. Peace. Peace. I've adjusted. My brother, Justice Raji. All right, man. So, you know, it is... Trying uh, to shut us down, man. Yeah, man. They can't, they can't <laughs> stop it, though. They can't stop they can't, it. They want to stop they it, they can't. stop the bum rush. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of, I guess, bum rushes, this week, um, <laughs> the world was uh, all a tizzy and a, and a, and a flame. Uh, Andre 3000 um, released a, uh, a, a compilation of his, uh, his first recording of him you know what I mean? Doing his flute experience. You know what I'm saying? The brother's been, you know, I mean, it's, it's you know, he has now become, you know, and then we've talked about Andre 3000, I think, before. And, you know, I think people about had, you know, they had a beef. I think they had beef with you. I don't know if they did. They ain't say nothing. But just sort of like, you know, Andre 3000 is this enigma within a mystery of of, of the rapping. Because, you know, he, he, he be rapping. I like him. Uh, but also, he hasn't put out a record in almost 20 years. Of him right. doing any new raps, you know, new, new, you know, vocal, you know, performing, and and so it's that like you know people people waiting for and when he gonna he gonna he gonna do a new album, and so in the world, and then you know I I, I try to stay away from the the celebrity spectacle version of understanding somebody like Andre 3000 I prefer to think of them within the context of what I the music and the create creative stuff that they've done not the like Andre 3000 is walking around Japan playing a giant flute you know with a cool outfit on and look at let's all look at look at it and think think things right um you know I try not to look at it that way um but that to me I think I can't talk about this without talking about that piece of the public you know, persona and public uh, uh, acceptance of this moment where, you know, he, he, it became known that this record was going to be released and the primary narrative that most media outlets went with was the word is that there will be no rapping and, you know, vote, you know, that this is just him doing his thing with the flute and various people then, you know, the, the our, our national, uh, I don't know, it's not a nightmare, but uh, the gnashing of teeth and the, and the or or the other way of whatever and, and thoughts and, and comments and so I leave you there to go. What what's some of your first thoughts about you know what Andre oh. just this experience? You know what I mean however oh, it's hitting man. you today. Oh man, oh man. <sighs> so I have a couple thoughts, man. <laughs> Number one. It's not number one, so it's not in order, but I, I I mean as we as we're thinking, talking about it, building on it. Mm-hmm. Number one, hip hop is such a young art form, it doesn't allow for human frailty. It doesn't allow for the things that we think about that people go through. So IG three thousand, if you think about it, wrapped from nineteen ninety-four to what, 2003, 2004? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And I think mean, there's, there's some other, you know, appearances I mean, on it's, records. It's five, stuff. Right. He did, yeah. he did Scientists and Engineers with Killer Mike just now. He he did, he did on the Eric Badu album yeah. about the radio where every song was about calling, you know. Yeah. So so there there were things. He was on, on uh, what's the boy? He was on... Um, uh, Anderson uh, Pac. Uh, yeah, Anderson Pac album. He was, yeah, so he did stuff. But I'm saying as far as a body of work, it hasn't been in 20 years. So he rapped for 10 years, went off for 20, right? Mm-hmm. That's much more in the vein of how artists and other genres of music might be. Mm-hmm. Whether they die, whether, they, you know what I'm saying? And like, there's not just this consistent thing where they just produce music all the time. 
I think hip hop has become, and especially post uh, in the streaming era, it's become much more ubiquitous that like someone is doing something all the time. Mm-hmm. And we're so used to the other way, we can't, it doesn't make sense to us that like, he just, he just walked away, man. There's there's not too much else to be said. And, and I think we should recognize that that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like he gave you 10 years of really, really good music, right? Or really, really expert penmanship. That's all he owes you. He doesn't, he doesn't owe you to rap in for the next 50, until he's 60. Yeah. You know, and I think that, you know, I think sometimes about Miles, you know, um, listening to the Questlove um, Supreme interview that you put me on to with Ntume and how he was there the night that Miles just gave up. The, the gave up the horn and didn't do anything for 10 years. Right. Right? Like from 75 to 85, Miles was like, fuck it. Went silent. Yeah. Right? Like, but things happen to people. They don't want to, they don't want to do their thing all the time. They take time off. They get anxious. They don't have anything else to say. I mean, I I, I salute him for realizing that at some point he does not have a lot to share. One of the challenges is a lot of artists are constantly producing music and they don't have a lot to share either. Right, but they but, <laughs> but, but they, they keep, keep making music. They keep making music with with not a lot to share. Yeah. That said, number two, there's two kinds of music in the world: good music and bad music. The point is not if Andre 3000 wants to be a flutist. The question is: Is Andre 3000 a good flutist? <laughs> right. Does it meet the snuff test of someone who has been practicing an, uh, a, a thing for, we can assume, over a decade? Mm-hmm. And practices it enough that he is seen practicing it and has a, a variety of flutes and, and does all this kind of stuff. Now, connected to this is everyone that's like, ooh, this I just do doubt this on another level. Y'all need to know. See, he, this is, this is another level. Andre 3000, just flute music. See, y'all can't, y'all can't chill. You could do yoga to this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, whatever. Or not. <laughs> or, or maybe it just meets or doesn't meet the snuff test with the history of flutists. And, you know, shout out to Rasan Roland Kirk. You know, shout out to Yusef Latif. You think about someone Hubert like Eric Laws. Dolphy. Hubert Laws. Bobby Humphrey. Bobby Humphrey. Right? Like all like, so, you know, there's a tradition here of black flutists that we don't have to act like this, frankly, that this nigga was the first <laughs> dude to pick up a flute. Like we're treating him like he was the first dude, like he's enlightened because he picked up a flute hey. and wanted to play it for 10 years. I don't know. I listened to it and it sounds like what you listen to when someone didn't really practice together and it's on in a B-level yoga studio. You know what I mean? Like, like it's, I don't know. I just go listen to Bobby Humphrey. If I want to listen to a flutist, listen to Eric Dolby do Naima, which I, you know, for everyone, if you haven't heard Eric Dolby's version of Naima, mm. um, yeah, it actually it, it actually is as good as Coltrane's version, and it's hauntingly different. Oh, amazing! But anyway, yeah, man. So I don't know. That's where I'm at with it. Like uh, you know, again, I, I respect where he's at as an artist. Where he's like, man, I don't have anything to talk about. I don't want to do. I don't want to be a fifty year old. So I'm gonna get my teeth cleaned, right? right? Like because that that's his life. Or we're talking about going playing the flute. Like he's not gonna drop what clothing he's wearing on you. He's not gonna do any of that stuff, and he's not gonna give you positive financial messages and talks about. Right, but, he's gonna tell you about uh, <laughs> he's gonna tell you about uh, financial literacy, man. We gotta deal with generational wealth. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. So he's not gonna tell you what other all the fifty year old rappers are gonna tell you about, right? So. If he's just decided that that's not what he's going to do, that's cool. But the question starts to be, you know, if there's this huge press run for dropping an album, the question starts to be, man, I don't know, man. I just think he should have got with some band leaders and some folks that, you know. Now, again, if he just wants to play from his heart, but I don't know. Yeah, well, see, here's the thing. Like, like this on that note, I'm going to touch on that note. That I, like, my bigger thought about just all of this and... Is one I, I don't know if he was really like like if he really wanted to make a big deal about the fact that he was putting out a flute album. I feel like he was just like, yo, I just made some flute music and I'm gonna put it on, I'm gonna put it out. I, I I mean I didn't experience it like like he called 
Rolling Stone. I guess he did the GQ interview somewhere. Right. I didn't read it. I don't know the timing of, uh, I mean, I didn't read it in the context of like, I didn't read it in the magazine in a timely way where I could understand like how one re- led to the other um, or if they are intimately connected or not. Um, but I, I don't totally get the sense that he was like, yo, I need the world to get down with this flute experience. Like as much as like, I want to make a flute album. <laughs> I've been practicing this flute. I've been walking around the world playing this big old wooden flute and I want to share it with everybody. So, you know, that may not be the case. You know, I guess as right. anything, once someone is famous, it's easier to do some other thing that people might get into because they already know who you are. So, like, if he was like, right. you know, Andre 3000 is real into crockery and he was making, like, ceramic uh, casseroles and he wanted to, like, launch and, like, show us, the, like, the process. You know what I'm saying? It would be, like, easier for him to do that than, like, Justice's crockery because y'all don't know Justice unless you listen to this podcast or you you know work right. with me in some other way. You know what I'm saying? Just saying. Um, <laughs> but the other thing that this whole thing had me thinking is just sort of like on a larger level, the way whoever you are is allowed to be any other part of how you are once mm. people see you in one way, right? So if um. You know, and my only kind of public statement on on the Facebooks, the people, you know, within that circle of people, was look, if he want to do the Andre three thousand flute experience, y'all don't gotta listen to it, man. Let him live, let him do his flute thing, you know. And if he want to rap later, go listen to him rap. If he want to play the spoons <laughs> and <a> harmonica, <laughs> yeah, you know I'm saying if he come out here with the with the slapping the spoons like Sunny Spoon. Remember Sunny Spoon? Remember yeah, that I, show? Do. I do. You know what I'm saying? He'd be out here with the spoons like slapping it. You know what I'm saying? He'd be like, yo, my granddaddy used to play the spoons. You know what I'm saying? This, this, this is some traditional black, you know what I'm saying, thing. You know what I'm saying? I hitting the spoons. That's his business. Like, you don't have to, You one, none of y'all are paying for none of these records. You're not going to go buy it. Now, some of y'all might, he did put out vinyl. So if you put out vinyl, you are intending someone to buy it. But, you know, that's like a specialty thing now. That's like a a commodity right, product. Right. That's like a that's like a like a luxury product. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If I'm gonna sell you, I think it's like three records too. <laughs> yeah, it's like like a hundred some dollars too. You know what I'm saying? It's like damn, damn, Andre, I see what you're doing, right? And but then it's like the things that I would say I found more bothersome or I didn't really appreciate was folks sort of almost like he's diminishing the shine of who he is as a generational rapper and all this other horse crap. You know what I mean? Because he don't want to rap. Or he or he's being honest, like, yo, I ain't really got nothing. I don't feel I don't got nothing to rap about. I don't feel compelled to express myself that way. Right. And whatever constructions of the world that, you know, which ultimately a lot of times to me, and this is someplace where I'm just at, I think right now, and how I look and see people's behavior leads to this sort of like, this is only valuable to me and how it's valuable to me, right? It's like, it's my individual thing is what's most important. And therefore, once Andre 3000 steps out of my individual thing that I think is important that Andre 3000 does, I'm no longer cool with Andre 3000. So since he wanted to be the flute man, I only want Andre 3000 to be the dude that rap The person you want him to be. Right. Yeah. And and raps in this, you know, complicated ways and does things with space and does, you know, you know, I love you know, you know, uh, you know, I, I can't I can't mimic one right now. I was gonna go for it, but I couldn't bring it up. You know what I'm saying? The and so so then it's this like nostalgia lost piece, you know what I mean, for folks of a certain age. You're like, yo, I've been I'm you know, basically these people are our age, our peers, our musical, you know. I, you know, outcasts happen <laughs> like around the same time we met in the world. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know, and and then now it's like, yeah, you know, but it's like big boy wanna go do something like anybody asking big boy to do nothing. <laughs> you know, big boy rap too. You know what I'm saying? Ain't nobody hounding big boy for you can rap his ass off. Right? Yeah. Yeah, you know I'm saying ain't nobody hounding big boy. Where big boy, where, big boy, you 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 know, big boy want to do a, a bass record. You like, I'll be playing my bass guitar. You know what I'm saying? Just bass, just being the bass and like a drummer. <laughs> like, like people, you know, maybe I guess people would be mad. They'd be like, why you ain't gonna rap? I mean, whatever the case may be, it's a very interesting because because you know I make the analog of like there's a positive, there's positive affect and a negative affect 
of every age and your you know growth and you know your your progression through age and somewhere you know a man that's approaching 50 that made not only was like rapping but you know climbed to the pinnacle of the of musical performance and he's up there hanging out and then goes you know i don't know i'm good like I've made money, I, I I I enjoy making art and being creative. I don't necessarily, I'm not necessarily into all this like celebrity stuff to like the the umpteenth degree. <laughs> like right. I don't want to be on you. And then y'all want me to put out a new record every two years? That's a demanding. You know, I I don't know if people th- know how hard that is. You know uh, the, and then that if your life way when you get into this other place and you you experience that you know development that that point of crisis. When something you've been doing in your life, this is anybody, you know, you a man in your forties, and then suddenly you end up here with a Mazda Miata. You know what I'm saying? And we're like, oh, we know why you got that Mazda Miata. You was feeling like you was losing something, so you went out, right, and right, bought a, right, bought top a, down, second, bought down. a top down fancy car, so you get or, or whatever thing. You know, my my desire would be for most of us when we hit those checkpoints in life where you think. Whatever path you've been on, you realize maybe you're at the end of that path or this path no longer satisfies you or this path no longer brings back rewards. And then you go, well, what's my next path? <laughs> you know, so maybe that is, you know, taking up running in a, in a more serious manner or going into uh, some part of like, you know, if you was really into cooking, but then you're like, man, I'm really into cooking now. Like I'm cooking, like I'm in the house, I'm making funded potatoes and all kinds of complicated, right. you know what I mean, preparations because I wanted to go to a deeper place or a different place in this part of how I live my life. Or, you know, maybe you, you either, you decided to go you know harder in the, in the classic suiting or, or you just, I ain't doing none of this stuff. I'm just going to lay low and hang out with the people I love. Or, you, you know, right. the, the other side that we see in America is people break up their relationship. They go get a, maybe uh, make a questionable decision <laughs> right. in, in regards to <laughs> how they spend the money or like any number of these things, but they're all, there's a part of, where if someone is doing something that generally is positive and it's fine, but it's not what we want people to do, we feel very comfortable going they're wrong or they're bad or they're less than because they're doing this thing that I don't think makes sense. You know what I'm saying? You know, and there's jokes, right? There's like jokes around it. And that's, you know, and, and for those that might differentiate, like I understand like the joke of, you know, you know, you got, you know, Andre thousand like the pan flute and like the meme of going like this is the, this this means I'm done talking. That is fantastic. Cause because it is true. He's like, yo, I ain't got nothing to rap. I don't, there's no more rap. You know what I'm saying? We let's get off this text thread. I'm gonna send you the hundred three thousand and now you know I'll talk to you tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Right, that's a great right. that's a great piece of contextual creativity. But I, I think the the thing that shouldn't I, I think is valuable for all of us to think about is how much space do we make for the people in our lives to be somebody different <laughs> than who we mm. thought they were? And if when they need to make that transition for their own well-being or because they're like, yo, I'm really into these pots, man. I'm trying to make these ceramic pots. And they at the crib with the pot spinner and clays going all over the place and they glazing stuff. And you won't come to their exhibit. They like, oh, I invited you to my, <laughs> my pot night out and you ain't want to come because you thought that was some weird shit. And over there like, y'all thought you was my brother. I love you, man. You don't want to come oh, see me make these pots. You know I mean? Let me get the kiln fired up. You know what I'm saying? I made you one for your birthday. And then you be hating on it. And then you be like, man, why Jeff don't call me no more? You one for your birthday. The brother was trying to find himself and found peace in his life through pottery, and you ain't even give him a chance uh-huh. to show it to you. He ain't, uh-huh. you ain't, got, to, you ain't got to buy the pots. He was going to give it to you. Oh, you know what I'm saying? So I just, you know. <laughs> for your birthday. You know, I just want people to think about that these are potentialities, man. You know, as you grow older and you be in long-term relationships with the people that are your friends, if you're fortunate enough to have them, people change. You know what I'm saying? They're like, yo, you only wore, you know, you only wore Jordans. Now you won't wear them at all. You giving you going to the system. I ain't never, I'm not Jordan dude, just for the record. You know what I mean? Unless Jordan won't give me some. But I'm, right. you know, I'm on the record about this. So I'm not they gonna go to in. Be, they need to listen, you up there, they need to be breaking them. They need to be, you know what I mean? I, look, I ain't gonna have Michael Jordan be in the same room with him one day. Like I said, this is my standing. I'm just gonna do it real quick because people might not know. My standing philosophy and study on the situation is Jordan, it seems like a dude that if whatever your occasion in life, you happen to be in the room with him 
and you had on a pair of his shoes, I'm positive he would go out his way to let you know, I see you wearing my shoes. And I can't let that man disrespect me like that. Just can't happen. <laughs> I don't care who he is. This is, this is, these are the justice rules for everybody. But hey, man, like, I don't care. Six chat titles, blah, blah, blah. You ain't gonna talk to me like that. <laughs> you ain't gonna disrespect me like that, Mike. Well, we, we all saw, we all saw the last dance. So we all have a general idea of who this guy is. Yeah. Right? So. Much love to, you know, success to the, the Jordan family or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I ain't saying it's, it's beef. I'm just letting you know. We got to come terms <laughs> with respect as men. You know yeah. Yo, you got to give him that Somali pirate look. <laughs> my boat now. Don't, hey, don't say that. nothing. Don't, I'll be captain. Don't say that about my shoes. <laughs> I mean, like other people, you could be like, I bet you, you got some Allen Iverson's on. Allen Iverson, would he just be like, hey, man, you want a sandwich? Like, he'd pass you a drink. Michael Jordan right. going to be like, oh, I see you got the threes on. I'm like, hey, Mike. Right. Settle down, man. What you trying right. to why you got to high side me like that? You know what I'm saying? We all here at this event together. Like, you ain't got to treat me that way. Anyway, so uh, that's a justice. I, got, I probably should let that go at some point. But we're all working on it. We're all working on ourselves. You we're, know all, we're all It's like Andre 3000 playing that flute. So, And all of it, listen, man, you you made an, an amazing, sublime point. This shit's either good or it's not. Right. <laughs> and I've listened to it twice. Cause I, I actually gave it, you know, and it's some, it's something to fall asleep to, <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's, it's like flutey flute poop, like a, a, there's a name for that type of flute that I don't remember the name of. And it's that type of flute music, which has a place, you know, not always yeah. my thing and that's okay. Yeah. And, it, and, and I think, you know, as someone who listens to much more music that doesn't have words today than music that has words, <laughs> I can appreciate that. Yeah. Right. Like, 70% of the music I listen to ain't got words today, right? So uh, I I like the fact that he did that and maybe what we'll see is, you know, and he don't have to do, listen, he ain't got to do shit. All I'm saying is, <laughs> you know, the idea of collaborating with those who are also advancing Black music in that kind of way. But again, the, to your point, trying not to put, maybe he ain't dedicated to the <laughs> to the the canon of black music, maybe he just wanted to play the goddamn food, <laughs> and you know, like it, so that means that's cool, but it also means I don't really have to pay attention to it, right? Like, because because I think we get into this thing of like either you're paying attention to it or you're not paying attention to it, and it's a value ju- judgment versus like it's a piece of art, just like however many albums dropped on Spotify last week mm-hmm. that are just pieces of art, and like. You take them how you take them how you take them, man. But give, you know, get a, get a brother a break. He clearly does not want the fame. He does not want the attention and all that comes with that level of thing. And he wants to be able to actually pursue art. Yeah. And I do think that's laudable that he is an artist and wants to pursue art. Yeah. Oh yeah. Now another dudes, <laughs> somebody who I don't know if he's pursuing art. But something that stood out that also occurred in the recent weeks, at least since last time we talked, um, before anyone scored any buckets in a Memphis, uh, not Memphis, uh, Minnesota Timberwolves Golden State Warrior game, Draymond Green put Rudy Gobert in a chokehold amidst Rudy Gobert trying to break up a a, a squabble, you know, NBA style, hold me back <laughs> in the <laughs> situation. <laughs> It really put this man like in the in the sleeper hole, and and I, I it, to me it was a testament case of like Draymond, what, what like you this is way outsized of a reaction. I mean, it's one thing if you like put him in the hole real quick, like pulled him and then let go, but he was like holding on, like he like he really had beef with Rudy Gobert, like this was finally his chance. To, he was like, choking like it was Django, and, and then like. <laughs> 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 like Jody, like the, the well, if you probably seen it on the internet, <laughs> call for your mama. Like it was like, oh, Yo, you can't put a grown man in public. In a, <laughs> he definitely chokehold. Like, he definitely choked you like Jody on baby boy. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are we doing? Like, you know, and, you know, you know, and, and, and the, Rudy's team seemed to be like, well, I know we can't let him put him in the chokehold. Also, I can't get suspended. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, <laughs> and you know, and all I can think was like. Cause, cause, the, cause the clear answer. If, if you, my man, if we was playing pickup basketball, you know this. We was playing pickup basketball, and for some unknown reason, somebody decided they was gonna put you in the, in the sleeper hole. I'm socking them. 
Like I'm oh, they, they getting close. They getting clothesline. Yeah, it's, 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 it's all going down. It's all going down. man. Yeah. Well, you know, we have no stakes, though. Also, I guess so. You know, we just got personal pride. That's all we got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but there is something. Well, one there before I even get into Draymond, I think your point is is all point about the Minnesota Timberwolves. Now, remember there last year that one of them punched the other one. <laughs> like, yeah, I did. <laughs> like, right. On the so, side. so clearly. Their team's a mess, right? When it comes to camaraderie, because no nobody got Draymond off him. Someone should have took a two game suspension to let them know, and that the state, and that the you know the world though, right? That this will not though, stand. It will not stand. Say what you will. There's some statecraft. <laughs> there's some statecraft ramifications there. I know of what I'm saying. Yeah, However, absolutely. <laughs> We're talking about basketball. This is yeah. a basketball and personal life analogy. Yeah, nowhere yeah, else. State- there could be statecraft there, but for this, this is a statecraft. Like, yo, because your team has been known to, to be the team that doesn't like each other, and you let your number one player, on the, you, know, you know, one of the number one players, because was uh, the young boy is number one player now on their team. Uh, Anthony. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah he, he, he's the number one for yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the captain now. He, yeah, he's the captain now. But, like, Yo, y'all should have done something, man. Somebody should take a two-game suspension, and then the rest of y'all put money in, you know, especially if it's maybe somebody off the bench who don't play a lot. They <laughs> should have took the suspension, and everybody should put a fund together for the two games that he was going to miss because he needs the money. Right. Make sure he can, you know, make sure his stuff is straight. You know, so, hey, make man, sure we got this. Straight. So, so that's one just about the Minnesota Timberwolves, and I think, you know, they're, they're a, they are a franchise that is like frighteningly stuck in the middle like they're a franchise that like has good players has a fan base but because of the because of the uh conference they're in and just a lot of factors and one of the factors being that it's dreadfully cold um you're not getting a whole bunch of people that want to go there and so you you're like a middling franchise right and so if you're like a middling franchise for a long time there's a there's a a malaise that starts to set in right yeah so that that's just something with that now with drink mine man you know i'm a lebron fan and you know the whole kick to the nuts thing during the you know yeah, the, 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 the calves that yeah that's a little light you know it was a kick to the nuts but it wasn't a super kick to the nuts <laughs> You probably didn't. Right, <laughs> you, kicks probably, go. you might not really yeah. make contact. It was sort yeah, of you, you, didn't, you didn't make contact. You know, so should you have been out the thing? Does LeBron, you know, kind of uh, create, does this go to, to cement his legacy when he does that? Probably, right? Probably. But then last year, you mollywop Jordan Poole. Yeah, your teammate. Right. In practice, your teammate, like, like in like training camp, like you, you like sock him. like you really like sock your man. Like, <laughs> yeah, we're on the like same team, and I socked you. <laughs> and and you know, there's a thing there, and whatever he said about your money, or you know, and then Jordan Poole has realized he. We now see that you know, uh, he's he not a think of a place person. like no other. He's not. He's not a serious. <laughs> yeah, like you would say, he's not a serious person. <laughs> Heaven hold me up there stinking up the stinking up the what's the name in um, in DC, <laughs> you know, for all my Wizards fans of there stinking up the court. Yeah, saying, better <laughs> leadership, you know what I'm saying? Better <laughs> leadership, right? Let me show y'all how to do it, young fella. Like, I've been dunking, I've been dunking when they down twenty and all that kind of shit. <laughs> we, we, me and Kuzma are NBA champions. Let us show you how you do this. That's like when Stacey King came to the Sixers that he right. was over the Bulls. And he's like, he's like, you know, I'm sure about a win as an NBA champion. Yeah. Get on the bench. The most general way possible. Um, and then this. And so Draymond feels like the type of thing that you, the type of person that is passionate and it's like you overlook it when it's beneficial. And I think the question starts to be like, how at this age, at your big age, <laughs> right, Draymond, you, you're at your big age, 
how do you keep yourself in check? Like, this isn't this idea of like the team captains and, and Steph having to come over and, you know, this is like, yo, you got to keep yourself in check, man. And, and what, and what do we project when champions, right? People who've had an illustrious career still can't kind of get an emotional, you know, kind of get some emotional balance, right? In some ways I look at it, not, not, not the same, but on the kind of the Harden thing, right? Like, like Harden's an example, James Harden's an example of a guy that's like, if he can't have fun no more, he won't go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Right? Like any anytime it gets unfun for him, <laughs> he wants to leave. He's like, yeah, I'm ready it's to like, go. He's like, this party's like, over, right? <laughs> the party's over because he can't have fun. No- the girl he was dancing with left, and now everybody got to leave the party. Right. My car I here. Know, man. <laughs> I called the car. Is the car here? Is cars out there? All right, man. Let me get up out of here, y'all. So anywhere that he can't have fun and ain't got, I guess, the strip clubs are going down. <laughs> like, you know, he ain't, he ain't feeling no more. Yeah. And, and Draymond is kind of almost like that. What are we taking from the behavior? You know, like in, in, in basketball, I think, is uniquely positioned in an American context because, you know, there's not a helmet and there's not a hat. Right? Mm-hmm. When we think about football, for all that we know about it, there's a helmet. And when we think about baseball, there's a there's a hat, right? And there's a hat that, outside of a couple of things, obscures the eyes, right? So that there's something that still feels very utilitarian and almost like everybody's kind of the same. I mean, people have different hair, but like mm-hmm. it's just it, you know you, you don't get the the baseball like superstar because we're not seeing all their faces. Yeah, yeah. And the football, you know what I mean? Um, and so anyway, just so I think basketball in an American context gets put on a pedestal around behavior. Yeah. And, you know, kind of quizzical as to his ability to to regulate that. And also, I'll just say this and please I'll add on, you can add on. <sighs> The Warriors are an interesting picture of team chemistry in its own way, much like the kind of like the uh, Timberwolves of like these personalities that are gelling for a purpose. And again, we look over it when they are three time champions. We don't make a lot of it. But now that they're not anymore or they I mean, they did win a year ago, but like now that they're not perceived to be the people who are going to win a championship. This stuff sticks out, so that that's my take on it. Yeah, well, and I, I think this may be on the other side of of even the, our prior conversation is the, it's like it's like being with your friend if you got a friend that's still like it might be a fight at the bar if y'all went to have some drinks if somebody step on his sneakers it but we were like forty now it's like you right know what I'm like I can't be if here you about to have a fight with somebody about some sneaker getting stepped on. Like, I mean, you know, it wasn't necessarily cool when we were 22, but, you know, we were 22. You're my man's. Like, you know, it's cool. I'm 40, dog. <laughs> I'm almost 50. Right. Like, you know, in NBA sense, it's like, Draymond, you you are an aging veteran. <laughs> you know, where are, we, where are you going with this, man? Like, <laughs> do, do you have to start the year with some hijinks? You know what I mean? It's almost, <laughs> you know, and, and it becomes a thing of like, you know, I guess it's something that was shared in, in, a, in a conversation I had with a good brother of ours on the internet. He sent me something, and it was like two older folks that was wild, kind of what, like, I could, oh, wow, I could see the cut cloth y'all are cut from. And it's like, you know, young fool, old fool, it's all the same. Like, it's no guarantee that you get better just because you got older. Like, mm. <laughs> like you might, mm. but it ain't, it ain't built mm. into the system. Right. And and a lot of us in life make that mistake. We think, oh, well, they'll get better as he gets. No, he's not. He might. They may mask (laughs) their intentions due to the potential costs. They may, you know, change in some way the way it looks. But if you if you think about it deeper, like, no, actually, that's the same weird stuff you did when we we were seven. You know what I'm saying? Like if you got a cousin, you know, like me, if you got a, a my uh Fictive kin cousin who threw our incredible hawk, uh, the big size incredible hawk action figure <laughs> out into the into the ocean because he was kind of feeling jelly because he ain't have an incredible hawk action figure. 
you know, he ain't really no better person right now. You know, much I would love him to be better, but he ain't. <laughs> and that ain't nobody's particular fault necessarily. I mean, I, I can say, I mean, I guess I say this to all y'all. If you are over a certain age, justice does slightly judge you if you still are doing stuff you did when you was like a, ch- a child. Just keeping it real. Doesn't mean I don't love you, but it does mean I kind of go, got to do better, my man. Or I'm only going to hang out with you, but so much. Cause I don't want to deal with that other part of your life. However, That's like right. the aspect of like, cause we, we, we do this thing and we, we tell young people this, we tell ourselves, I will just do better because I'm getting older, you know, and, and that without some actual commitment, personal commitment to action <laughs> is no guarantee of change. You know what I'm saying? So whatever's happening in your life and you're like, man, I'm, I'm mad about this and this disappointing me and the people Scooby Dooby Doo and there's a the people are wrong for whatever wrongs they've wronged you. You are also, you know, present and, and occupied for whatever stuff you do that's kind of like, mm, maybe you shouldn't have put that man in a sleeper hold in the middle of a basketball game for anybody scored any buckets, Draymond. You don't get that contract extension. You know what I'm saying? It ain't, you know, it ain't nobody else's thing that's but right. you. You know what I'm saying? That's now, right. you know, I have my thoughts about the Warriors as a larger thing, and I don't, it ain't NBA talk. You know what I'm saying, time, but you know, my my thought is that they're a, a sinking battleship that still got people that are good enough on it that it's gonna fight to the end. But you know, they got they got they got through a window and they got a they got a fourth one in there. And you know, you know, thanks for the memories, guys. Good job. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't right. see it <laughs> though. And it it's it's a it's a strange occurrence. I mean it, it's you know, it's not a lot, la- you know, thankfully no one was hurt in any serious way. So we can like laugh and giggle about the reality. Cause like there are like real fights in the world where people get really hurt. <laughs> That's not funny. Right. <laughs> NBA choke cold for no reason. People try to figure out how to make it stop without escalating is a different thing. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, I guess I say that to say, you know, on a, uh, on a day like this or weekend, like uh, this one, which is beautiful and sunny here today. Um, you know, don't 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 go don't don't put nobody in a sleeper hole on a basketball court for two other people basically pulling at each other's shirts, <laughs> like like leave it alone, man. Just just, just hey, man, break it up. <laughs> Yo, he did that shit with extreme prejudice. <laughs> like yeah, I've been waiting my whole life to put this man in a sleeper Yo, hole. Yo, <laughs> you could right. That looked like he was waiting his whole life to choke him out, man. He like that. He like the cousin that played too much. Like if you, if you was a kid, you had that one cousin. It's like, hey man, absolutely. Like, oh yo, you were going a little too hard. <laughs> like we was play fighting, but you know, you you kind of taking this over the edge, man. Like, like and I'm at the fight like you, kids. And just as kids, we would say you play too fucking much. Draymond, <laughs> you play too much. <laughs> y'all mad? It's like, man, get away from this dude, man. Be like, oh, why you cut? Why you? Why y'all upstairs, man? Draymond, play too much. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the head of the top. That should be what this joint is called. You play too much. <laughs> be like, well, y'all go outside then. I don't want to go outside with him. Oh, he's, man. He's playing. He played too much. There'll be yeah, hopefully somebody cuts Draymond out when he come up from the basement because he coming up last. He down there playing the Nintendo by himself now. <laughs> Talk about they tripping. Like, nah, man, you play too much. You man. tripping. <laughs> you tripping, Draymond. You play too much. You know what I'm saying? We was having fun, did your little rough housing. You done oh, went and put somebody man. in a real chicken wing. Like, that ain't cool. <laughs> Damn, Draymond. <laughs> We're keeping it real go wrong, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> so uh, if we got time, I got the one last thing on the note to, to exit. You know, it is autumn. And um I've found myself, well, one, you know, I've discovered, you know, and trying to piece together where I'm at, you know, with my day-to-day wares, that I do like a nice knit, a nice sweater. You know what I'm saying? And I wanted to, I didn't have a, a total angle on this, but I did want to get your thoughts on, like, appropriate sweater combinations and figuring out, because, you know, me and my body heat dynamics, I got to, like, I got to get the right sweater for the right situation. You know what I mean? You get one of them really thick, woolly sweaters, and you try to go somewhere, and like walk through a mall or something. Be inside, yeah. Sweating yeah. bullets, or it's not. Yeah. It's not quite cold enough <laughs> for a sweater that that thick. But um, yeah, I, I was um interested in just your your general thoughts. You know, you know, like, I think sweaters are sweaters are better for you know what a sweater's a better for is for a lot, man. Uh, 
not to wax philosophical for, for our listeners, like, oh, these niggas went, they just aren't being philosophers or statecraft and sweaters. Um, but I, I do, so I, when, you know, when we built on it, I, I thought about the origin story, not the origin story with sweaters for a lot of us of our age, but like where the idea of a sweater entered our kind of fashion or style lexicon. And it mm. usually was like Bill Cosby, right? Right, right. Mm-hmm. Like in those like expensive sweaters. And then I also think about during the late 80s. <clears throat> so, so you had two, because you had the, you had the, the Bill Cosby and then also like the hustlers of that time, especially like in Philadelphia, if you look at like all the pictures, they had really nice sweaters on, mm-hmm. right? Like they had open open shirts and sweaters, right? This was before we wanted to perpetually dress like we were 19 or like we were doing an athletic event, right? Right, <laughs> right, right. Like we, we was either coming or going from the athletic event in some yeah. way. Yeah. So, the you know, the athleticization of, of the of, of of the American wardrobe and then maybe the, even the global wardrobe but and then you had the idea of the turtleneck right so if you remember during our childhood like you know a good turtleneck was you was the man if it sat up right and you wore it with right. sweatpants or you wore like you was the guy like you know what I mean wore it with your jeans you had like a green turtleneck red turtleneck you wore like the turtleneck underneath the uh underneath your sweatshirt Right. Yeah. So you you had these like running things of like sweaters and then you get the whole, you know, in the 90s, you get the whole Kooji sweater concept, which I think mm-hmm. is, it's an important to note here that the stylist Groovy Lou is who mm-hmm. put the Kooji sweater on Biggie and it was him looking at a person who lived in Mount Vernon in Harlem and their style, which influenced Groovy Lou. To, to dress Biggie in sweaters, mm. coochie sweaters. There's a lot of New York things there you can start to extract from that because mm-hmm. you can take that. It took Biggie from wearing camouflage jackets and everything, like a fundamental Brooklyn thing. And then it take him to having this like hustlers motif, which was more forwarded by Harlem and the and, and, and Mount Vernon, which kind of goes back to some of our conversations about the Harlem thing and hip hop and all that. So right. there's that. And then you get to like, as we become adults and you get to these various permutations of sweaters, right? So you get the hat, the quarter zip, right? You get like that, Mm -hmm. you get you the quarter zip that you wear. You can, you know, again, the turtleneck and and like, how can you, you know, I I actually just bought a turtleneck again, right? Like a black turtleneck. So I got my Steve Jobs on and shit or look like, you know, uh, every, every older black professional when they go into like a cabaret. You know what right. I'm saying? Right. I got to admit, it works though. With, it, with the turtleneck with a sport coat, some slacks. Turtleneck like, okay. with sport coat, slacks. See what you're right? doing. Or, or even you could do if you do turtleneck and jeans and some shoes, like you can make that work, right? And it's kind of like you have to embrace multiple ways of like I think showing up, and when your world has to go beyond sweatshirts and button down shirts right because i think we we again we find ourselves in these worlds post covid and depending especially depending on where you're at as you and i have built on you know you can have dress codes that are really really casual yeah right and so a sweater i think sometimes makes things neater for places where people don't want to get dressed up it it, it kind of gives you some other context yeah. um that I think is like really help helpful. Um, I will say recently I've started to engage the kind of slightly oversized sweaters. Um, you know, uh, the the famous labeled who who are doing them is kind of like that thick, almost Shetland wool look. It's like Marnie, where they make like fifteen hundred dollars sweaters or whatever have you. Oh, it yeah. kind of looks like Sesame Street. It, it kind of <laughs> like Sesame Street or like like the. Like a mascot, like that, like that wool, <laughs> like, yeah. like oh man, like like you're gonna shed. Um, right, you about but, to jump through a cannon or something, <laughs> right? So, uh, but I have been, I have been doing that, like kind of oversized sweaters. As I think, again, there's something to be said for 
just being able to break it up. So I, I think sweaters mean, you know, uh, they add some diversity to your wardrobe. And I think in some ways also uh, it kind of chronicles a heralds like going into old head status. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, it, you know, it, it is kind of a recognition yeah. that like this sweater on. Yes. Let me put this sweater on that things have things have changed a little bit. Like, you you know, you're not in your, you know, you're not in your years of like, it has to be some, uh, uh, some kind of shirt that, you know, people find to be slick and cool. Like you're, yeah. you're putting on something that like makes sense. So that's how I kind of, I feel about the, the, the sweater, man. It, it's a, it's kind of representation of something, you know? Yeah. I mean, and I, and I brought this up cause like, so, I mean, I, you know, we, we, we talk about dress and clothes and things and, and I've been transitioning some things out. And then I was like, I realized, you know, I'm like, damn, I do, you know, I got a couple sweaters that, you know, give me in that. Like, I can't wait. I, I like when the, when the autumn comes around because I can break them out. You know what I'm saying? I can, like, I, you, right. know, get, you know, and it, it breaks up that, like, you know, a, a button down shirt, you know, tucked in or out, whichever way. Sometimes it just, it has a look that it's sort of like, sometimes it, fe- it don't feel, I don't know, right now in my life, it don't feel complete. It's like, oh, let me put this sweater on. You know what I'm saying? You get the, like, color in the collar. And then, you know, I got this, you know, blue joint, or and I might have a, like a shawl collar. You might have more of a crew neck collar. Maybe you got a V. You know what I'm saying? Even though I don't always dig V-necks without a without a tie sometimes. It seems like it's like it's almost like what's happening with my neck. You know what I'm saying? Well, you're, but, or you're trying to be a gigolo with, right. with, with just hair. <laughs> not deep V. Now, we're not doing a deep V. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm... I don't even know where you go with a deep neck sweater. I guess to go to <laughs> Hampton or something. I don't know. Or, you know what I'm saying? Or, it, or it, like you know, a lounge, like a European, European dance music lounge. Right. The drawers open all twat all day drawers. You know what I'm saying? And like you could uh, you know, and then you go directly with the sweater where it's like, you know, like I'm a fisherman, like I'm about to go out here and like hook some lines or something, and it's like keeps me warm, but it's not a coat. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and, you know, and then there's sweaters that look a little nicer. And so I was like. You know, I'm, I'm always you know, like when I have the moment to be like uh, exploratory with sort of like, you know, when you are thinking about how you think you will look in whatever you're about to wear, but then like how it also makes you feel. And you'd be like, yeah, I need it. You know, I don't want to wear, I don't want to wear a suit today. I don't want to do this, but I also don't want to look, I do want to look like I'm. You know, at least for me, I've been, I might be having some meetings, right? And I'm going right, to like, the camera like on. You put some, like you put something together. Yeah. yeah you know, so yeah. let me, you know, and, and uh, you know, so then the colors and the materials start to come into play. You know, I, I don't have no whole bunch of wild, you know, situations at the moment, but it was like, yeah, man, I find myself in, and like, I've made some choices and some, some maneuvers. So I'm like, now I have a lot of sweater options. You know what I'm saying? I got, I got the quarter zips. I got some crew necks. I got some buttons. I got some with like a little button that, that pulls over here. You know what I'm saying? I got oh, some. Oh yeah, like, well, the, the Robin Hood. You got like you know what I'm saying? About to go some archery. The archery right. sweater. I'm about to like I might either. <laughs> right, I'm either going to go take the sheriff of Nottingham's money, or I'm going to put out the, the fire R&B record. You know, one of the two. You know what I'm saying? I'm about to be like, oh, just just about to, it's about to like I'm only you. Like I'm about to like hit him with the with the uh, Jeffrey Osborne or something. You know what I'm saying? Like pour a glass of wine. Let me sing to you. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> so you know, I also want to encourage folks. You know what I'm saying, man? Put that sweater on, brother. Like you know, it's it's. It's it's autumn. It's 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 it's, it's holiday season. <laughs> Put the sweater on. <laughs> Put the sweater on, man. And 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 all sweaters don't have to be the funny sweaters, like the ugly sweaters. Like yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't. Like like I, I you know I get that. I guess if people like to you know commiserate over bad fashion choices, right? Um, gifts you ain't want. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. So like we have we've made a thing out of gifts you don't want. Yeah, like I mean, well, yeah, a, you know, there's a whole rack. Like you go this time of year now. Like if you go uh, to like a, I think like Nordstrom rack last year, there was like a whole brand of like these are basically ugly sweaters that are intended to be to you to wear to the ugly sweater function. If you've been invited to one, if you don't have an ugly sweater, you could buy one of these. And some of them weren't necessarily ugly, but they were definitely kind of like only place you wearing this is to the ugly sweater party. Yeah, at least they're gaudy. If not, if not ugly, definitely gaudy. Yeah, it's too much going on here to just be like, yo, I'm going to the, you know, I'm going to the office, <laughs> go to this uh briefing about a new uh, district, you know, new new district plan or national conference. Like, right. nah, you go to the ugly sweater party with that on, because everywhere else they're gonna be like, bro, what's up with your sweater? It's a lot going on right there. <laughs> <sighs> All right, so. Um, you know, with that, I, I don't really got anything. I just, you know, floated the good order, you know, a little bit of everything, I hope, for folks. And um, Woo, 
Ooh, this was a little bit of everything. <laughs> Be safe out there, man. Don't let you don't play, let Dre... you play too much. <laughs> you play too much, man. <laughs> so in your night, don't get choked by Draymond, man. Have right, fun. Man. And, you know, but I, I mean, it's probably should be out before the weekend, but some of y'all may already be past the point where, you know, it's okay to just leave before folks get wild. You know, so <laughs> if you didn't know and you got to go to these family functions this time of year and you know, and everyone that's listening, you know what I'm talking about. There's a time in the night where things ratchet up. And I think I say this every year sometime, and it's okay for you, for your health and well-being to know I'm out of here before it gets to that point in the night. It's all right, man. Tell your grandma you love her, your, your auntie or whoever, your grandpa. To, oh, you leaving already? Oh, yeah, I got it. You know what I'm saying? I got. I, I don't actually got off tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? I got to go. So get up out of there, man, before it get weird. You know what I mean? One love. Wrap, wrap your plate. Wrap, wrap your plate up, and don't do the and don't do a whole bunch of black goodbyes, man. Right. Move, move, with, move with a sense of focus and and, and agency, man. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. So with that, I'm gonna say peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to Good Brothers. Thank you to my good brother, I'm Majestic. Good Brothers is a part of the Ask Your Own Head podcast. And you can support the podcast by reading and subscribing, sharing, you know, and of course listening. And uh, I really appreciate it. You can also support the podcast by becoming a patron. Just search Justice Raji on Patreon. Classic version.